continuing our series of exploring other blockchains, we stick to the beginning of the alphabet to check out one of the newer players on the scene, Avalanche. And while still relatively new, the AVAX token has broken into the CoinGecko top 10 for market cap. Today, we visit with Jay Kurahashi Sofu, VP of Marketing at Avalabs, to challenge their assertion that Avalanche is the world's fastest smart contract blockchain. Don't worry, we aren't confrontational, but we do have questions. Questioning everything is what we do because we really just don't know, and it's how we learn. So learn along with us as we continue with an avalanche of content for your ears on episode number 593 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition. Who's bad? Hello, this is Bad Crypto Podcast, show for crypto curious, crypto serious, and crypto with the, uh, I, oh, it's not good for me to say Russian right now, right? Too soon? Too soon for Russian accent? I do not know. We Is might it? need to retire Russian accent for a while. Very serious. We was doing Russian accent long before conflict in Russia and Ukraine. We pray for safety of all. Hope no civilians to get injured. I mean, it's serious business. Uh, you know, the powers that be are blowing crap up and it's no bueno. Yeah. You know what I see is so crazy about this? Here's what we're watching in real time is we are watching the canceling of a country. Mm. We are watching all technology, all finance, all bank doing everything they can to do as much harm economically to Russia as possible. And what a lot of people don't know, I mean, the, you know, a lot of people, quite frankly, probably couldn't before this last week even point to where Ukraine was on a map. Right. Let's be real. Right. But now we're all we're all upset about it. It's crazy. I've been to Ukraine seven times. I got a lot of friends in Ukraine. I'm hearing what's going on on the ground. Some of them are some of them are actually refugees now in Bulgaria. They've left. Um, there's a lot of a lot of uncertainty what's going on there. But Ukraine really shifted its power in 2014. There was a coup in 2014 where the globalists pretty much took over Ukraine. And they, they, they installed their government who they wanted. They ousted the, the democratically elected person there. And they have they had 14 U.S. bioweapon labs throughout Ukraine. And there's not 14 now. That's like, I believe, seven to 10 of them have been destroyed. Those were some of the main targets that they were going after. And they Russia has not shut off their electric. They have not shut off their internet. They have not shut off or destroyed their water supplies or the roads or any of that, right? So it's they're, they're, when they say they're trying to denazify the country, I think there's more to it that's being said than is being said on the mainstream media that's getting everyone riled up. There's some story back there, you know, because think about this. Hunter Biden was getting paid millions of dollars from Burisma. Jo- John Kerry's son. We can't talk Kerry. about that. Can't, can't that, that's fake Pelosi's news. son Pelosi's yeah. son is big in that there's so many of the biggest yeah. most corrupt yeah. politicians ingrained within Ukraine so there's some there's some fuckery going on that's not being discussed Joel well all I know is this uh, from the moment stuff started happening one of my tweets was I believe nothing about what the media tells me I mean the media is now trusted I think by 11 percent of the people 
<laughs> you know, people are finally mm -hmm. waking up. And so whatever the narrative is, I'm thinking, I always think, what's the real story? In fact, it's not mm -hmm. just the media, any article that I read, I'm always like, okay, what's the real story? Is there a spin? Here's an angle. And the fact of the matter is, I just don't know. I, yeah. I, I just, what I do know is that I automatically don't trust what I'm being told. Yeah. That's what's happened at this point. And, but there's a lot, there's a vast majority who, 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 who are lockstep in with whatever they tell us to be outraged about. They are outraged about it. And I, and it's, it's, it's curious to me because I'm like, you know, China's getting ready to, you know, take on Taiwan. There's, there's, are we going to get outrage on that? There was no outrage whenever China took over Hong Kong. Right. Where was the outrage whenever America blew up Syria and Afghanistan and all these other countries? Because they Libya? didn't tell us it wasn't the story. That wasn't the storyline. So it's like if they're going to be blocking and, you know, destroying people uh, finances, then America. Right. How has America not ever had Swift taken away or whatever? Because we've we've done a lot of crazy stuff all over the world. The military industrial complex is one of the most powerful. Now, I don't know if you're upset about this. I'm pretty neutral on this. I've got friends in Russia. I've got, I've got friends in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. I've been in Ukraine seven times, right? I think I, I think that there's some crazy shit going down, especially when the government has given all these weapons to through citizens throughout, and they're they're not necessarily going to the right people. And now there's going to be now there's like crazy stuff going on in the cities when now there's these big weapons inside these cities in the civilian areas. That is a recipe for disaster. Very, this thing is very all scary. It's, this is plan. This is step two of the pandemic, as far as I can see from the research that I've done. We knew war was going to come eventually. Then we got the economic crash. Then we have the Great Reset. Then we have CB, uh, C, you know, the the central bank uh, digital currencies coming in, and they're going to weave us all down and, and and put social credit system in place. This see, is, you're this good is with CBD, but you're not good with CBDC. Yeah, CBDC is hard term for me to say. Well, I just had a little too much THC. Yeah. And uh, so it's hard to say. Well, you know, theory. Bitcoin and crypto solve a lot of these issues, right? Swift is part of the old world financial system. But if you had Bitcoin, guess what? You're not cut off. And uh, there is a segue in there somewhere to our show sponsor. Uh, Clinton Donnelly has been a guest on the show multiple times. He's a CPA who understands crypto. He'll be on again soon here before April 15th. Uh, we're just trying to get that interview lined up. But uh, he has the Crypto Tax Audit monthly membership service, which we use and recommend, CryptoTaxAudit.com. Basically, their technology alerts people are holding crypto as much as six months in advance if you're flagged for an IRS audit. And they've got a second level membership that provides insight into everything the IRS knows about you. And then a third level that provides top audit defense, specially designed for crypto owners needs. Check out their site, CryptoTaxAudit.com and watch for an episode with the latest news from the crypto tax law um, sector here with CPA Clinton Donnelly in the near future. There we go. There and let us get rolling on this one. What's that sound? What is that? Is What's that rumbling? In the Sounds distance? like an avalanche. For those who are new to the NFT world, you might think that Ethereum is the only place in the world that you can mint NFTs and build metaverses. You might think that gas fees, as exorbitant as they can be, are the only way that you can go about minting NFTs. Well, 
you would be wrong. There's a number of other layer one and layer two solutions that have popped up. Of course, uh, you know, Polygon is one of them and another that we have been watching and actually been able to uh, participate in a couple of projects on this chain is Avalanche. Avalanche is a layer one technology. And today we have the VP of marketing from Avalabs with us. His name, Jay Kurahashi Sofu. Jay, with a really long name, welcome to Bad Crypto. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Really excited, especially after the Pixelmon reveals that we just did. Yeah, we before we um, started this recording, maybe, you know what we'll do? We're going to give you guys a bad crypto extra. We're going to take the video from Travis's uh, travesty of Pixelmon reveals, and we're going to put that up on YouTube. I think that so they'll good. make, yeah. And I, I paid 1.2 ETH for one and 1.18 ETH for the other. So 2.38 ETH. Remember that when you're looking at this monstrosities later. Remember it when Ethereum is ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's our pizza there, Travis. So so Jay, um, tell us a little bit about your background, and then we'll jump into uh, the Avalanche. My background starts uh, within the Bitcoin community. That's really how I got exposed to this technology back in 2000, um, 2011, something around that time. Very speculative times, though. Not as not as structured as I would describe how my involvement um, is is like today, I would say. Um, but you know, you got to start somewhere. So kind of expedite forward a little bit to 2015. Vitalik was really evangelizing Ethereum pre-ICO, um, pre-launch, of course, too. And that's when applications to me made a lot of sense on chain. Uh, payments didn't make as much sense because I didn't have a traditional finance background. I do now, arguably, um, but at the time I did not. And so at Q2015, um, I was at a major ad agency called Ogilvy and a lot of different brands, um, traditional brands, but also new crypto brands were coming together and saying, hey, we need marketing expertise. That's where I jumped on the opportunity, started my own agency there um, and, and kind of worked through a few clients. Um, Q about 2017, 2018, market started heating up, of course, and then kind of tapered back down. Uh, coincidentally, that was also the time when I decided to jump fully uh, into the Web3 space as an operator, joined a firm called Fluidity, uh, predominantly was focused on a decentralized exchange called AirSwap. You guys may have heard it. It's in the Ethereum ecosystem. In 2020, we got acquired by Consensus, um, and that's where I was either going through with Consensus or deciding to, to make other moves and um, had conversations going on with the Avalabs team. They just came out of stealth. And then was hired to lead marketing, um, marketing operations from that point forward, really focused on three main things. First was the token sale. Second was mainnet launch. And third was, of course, growing out the Avalanche platform and the ecosystem that surrounds it. Yeah, um, we've had some people, we've had somebody on from Fluidity, I believe, back in the day. Um, one of the, Ovid, who was that? I Ovid or Don, if I had to guess. Michael Ovid. One, uh, it was not. It was not Dom, but I know that it was. It might have been the other guy. It's just a long. It's a long time ago. I remember we were talking about fluidity, um, 
because he, he's the guy's in charge of some innovation lab or something at, at consensus now. So there's a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff going on in, in this whole space. So you, so you saw this early on, did, did you get in early in Ethereum in the ICO? No, did, did you I, see it and go, I need to jump in on this five cent Ethereum. I didn't get in on the ICO because I had no idea what that was at the time um, in terms of like how we know it now, but I did, I did kind of participate shortly after. And after that really was, you know, a lot, honestly, kind of equal wins and losses on both sides, um, both on the NFT side and also the ERC-20, the fungible side. Um, and uh, that's that's kind of, I guess, my involvement in the Ethereum space. And then from there, I actually was describing this to someone earlier today, the 2017 era, plus or minus two years, um, really was proving to the world that smart contracts could work, not that they could uh, supersede MasterCard and Visa's capabilities or anything fancy like that. I think now we're at the phase where we're saying smart contracts can work and they can scale slightly, not even to that point yet, I think. Um, and so I think the next like three-ish years, probably three to five years conservatively, um, will be very critical for the entire space to basically show that it can keep up with the at least a bit larger demand that we're seeing now. Like right now still is relatively small considering the other major asset classes that exist. Yeah. So you, you were talking about, well, I was going to say, I was going to add on to that there, Joel, to do a little question. Um, because, I mean, you're talking about these things scaling. We just saw Solana, right? Like here, here they're talking about, oh, we can scale so huge. We're going to be yeah. so, and then they, they get DDoSed and hacked and, and <laughs> shut down quickly. Yes. Like, not scaling. Yeah, exactly. So I think right now, like every single layer one that's trying to do what Ethereum did, Ethereum has a leg up because they've just been in the market for longer, uh, is basically trying to attack the problem in a variety of different ways. Solana has uh, like high scalability, at least that's what they say. And they seem to rely mostly on their hardware to help them bootstrap that scaling capabilities. You, you look at the node requirements is actually pretty high. On the other hand, you have um, like Phantom, I think they have, you know, they have fewer nodes, so they don't have to really coordinate consensus across a large spectrum of nodes, but instead maybe they have other strengths elsewhere, maybe low fees, things like that. So everyone's kind of pushing and pulling these levers. Then Q Avalanche, we're really saying, hey, you can't really have scalable systems in this monolithic approach. You actually have to scale horizontally, perhaps like the web does. It seems like the web 2.0 is really something that web three loves to reference, but I think in this case, it's also helpful. We have this concept in Avalanche called subnets. You could effectively use subnets like you use domains in, in web two, where imagine the best uh, analogy is imagine if you have a website, it would be terribly inefficient and terrible UX to scale the web with just one page. Instead, the innovation was let's get each domain to effectively be its own page and you can have millions of web sites all across the world. That's the idea with subnets. You could have a game application with customized fee structures and any rules that they wanna have in one environment. And if they want to interoperate with the main network, they can and institutions can do the same thing and so on and so forth. And so this horizontal scaling is what we're really believing to be the, the kind of next key in scalability. And so far in this monolithic approach, Technically, with the contract chain, with all the, where all the DApps are existing right now, it's still having it's still having no issues really um, scaling, at least with the demand that we've seen. And just kind of throwing in some numbers here: um, last three months, we've had about eight hundred thousand active addresses. 
So that's kind of the demand that Avalanche is seeing, at least on the contract side. You know, when I, when I hear Avalanche, um, I, I'm from uh, Denver for the past 14 oh, yeah. years. I've lived in Northern Colorado, and we've got, you know, our hockey team. Yes. And we're going to a game, and they'd be like, Avalanche. It's the first thing that came to my mind when I heard of Avalanche. Here's what happened while you guys may have been sleeping. Take a look at CoinGecko.com in the top 10 Avalanche is now the number 10 um, in terms of market cap. And what's really interesting to me, Travis, is when you look at these, you know, it used to be various coins would show up here and we predicted that, you know, it's going to be the chains that run them that are going to be the most popular. So here you go. You got Bitcoin, Ethereum, Skip, Tether, because it's stable, BNB, USD coin, stable coin, XRP, Terra, Solana, Cardano, Avalanche into number 11, Polkadot. These are all, you know, the chain tokens themselves that have risen up to the top and so uh jay when did avalanche come onto the scene yeah because it, it's relatively new isn't totally. it? totally um okay. so avalanche started in september 21st um just a, just a little over a year ago now and from there we realized okay well the biggest challenge is to get use uh, applications on so then you could get users to actually use the applications on chain right um, what we realized in the summer of 2021 was we're going to need to shake things up a little bit and really kind of encourage users to change their behavior. And what better to do, to do that than to use incentives. And so we launched um, Avalanche Rush, which was the DeFi incentive program. It was announced at around 200 million when it was announced in August. And then it appreciated to um, actually it's almost it's still at like 800 million, more or less because of the token. And so that really got a lot of excitement around and people were saying define avalanche our thesis as an avalabs team and also the community is saying well we want to put our money where their mouth is and say you just use it don't listen to our collateral i know i'm a marketing person so maybe that's not the best thing to say but we really do believe that the experience is much better so if you come and use the applications you'll notice transactions settle instantly or near instantly um, fees are very low and will continue to be improved to make sure that we can make them lower or more um, just keep making sure that the dynamic fees don't rise when when the uh, demand is high and things like that. And so I think the last six to eight months, six to nine months, you're, you've been seeing kind of Avalanche being the new kid on the block turn more into like, wow, there's actually activity going on and not just a little bit of activity, but a lot of it. And considering the stats I gave you earlier, it's like the 800 active wallets a month, um, where I think if you look at TVL, we're at about... 11.2 billion in, in the DeFi space. I think we're usually like third or fourth um, right after, I guess right now it seems like Terra, BSC, Phantom and Avalanche were kind of like always changing places. So that's kind of how it's been working um, for the last six to eight months in terms of actual activity. Very good. So right now, Avalanche, AVAX is 86 bucks approximately. Uh, it's nice to see the, the whole markets popping up over these last uh, couple of days. It's been kind of refreshing to see. So total su circulating supply is about 250 million of these tokens. And uh, there are going to be about 720 million of them total. So, you know, th this is this is interesting. Now, you guys are in the top 10, as Joel mentioned, you guys are, are moving there. What, what, what would you say are some of the key drivers of the the avalanche ecosystem right now like why why is it in the top 10 at this point yeah I, I would say the previous statement is probably like one third of it where 
a lot of the DeFi activity has been picking up. That's huge for Avalanche right now, especially to prove its um, utility as an actual viable, scalable L1. The other components I would say are important are institutions and enterprises. They have much longer time to markets. So it's kind of, um, you know, crypto people are like, let's have this tomorrow. And enterprises are like, let's have that next year. And so that's kind of the, the juggling that we have to do. But we are seeing a lot of these enterprises also now kind of saying, all right, well, we actually realize that blockchain is here to stay. Now, how can we be a part of it? And so I think like Deloitte has launched something um, using Avalanche. Uh, there are also a few other um, institutions that have done the same. And there are also some that aren't public yet that are kind of on the works. And so I think that activity has also picked up and really gotten legitimacy on the more institution institutional side of things when it comes to Avalanche. And then I think the last component is really this kind of all-encompassing bucket, which kind of relates to some of the stuff we were talking about earlier with NFTs, but this culture bucket, this idea that you have um, creator empowerment on chain, right? Like you have NFTs, you have gaming, all these different types of culturally relevant applications and use cases. We've I think this is where it's like just starting to emerge, but I think a lot of the people who are in the know, especially this, the community members that are close to the ground, have seen a lot of these conversations. And so I think the next, let's say six months conservatively, you'll see a lot of new activity, especially on the gaming side of things, pick up on Avalanche. And then hopefully that kind of creates more cascading effects for the other areas that Avalanche perhaps is not as strong at, at um, in terms of the other segments. Okay, you just started last September. Right. So we're looking at what, six, not even six months of mainnet. You're the VP of marketing. It's a, sorry, it's a year, a year add to it. So it's a year okay, in 2020 like six months. Okay. Still, yeah. um, that's really fast. You're the VP of marketing. How did you get so much attention and adoption so quickly? Yeah. I mean, it's a huge testament to the team, honestly, the Avalabs team. A lot of us come from crypto backgrounds. I'll say deep in quotes. I know the listeners can't see it, but I'll say deep in quotes and that we've been here pretty much since the beginning or at least as early as you could be as a professional. So I think a lot of us really live, breathe and eat and sleep this stuff. Um, so we're thinking about things that have never happened before. We're really trying to push our connections and we're, we're really thinking through the mistakes that we made in the past, perhaps, at least speaking of myself, working on Adapt for three years, learned a lot of things through successes and also mistakes. One easy one that I can draw out is user experience. This cannot be uh, stressed more by me. I say it all the time, but UX and Web3 needs to be better. And so that's what we focused on first and foremost. We're not perfect by any means. We're also, I would say, not even not the best. We aspire to be the best, and I think we will be soon. Um, and so all these infrastructure tools like wallets, um, explorers, um, how you transfer liquidity from exchange all the way to DAP, we were making sure that any point of friction is minimized as much as possible. We've minimized a lot of it, not all of it. And so that was the first step. The second step is then to reach out to those networks that we have saying, hey, this is the easy value proposition, proposition for developers, like mentioned before, because the EVM is compatible and a lot of these Solidity developers don't have to learn a new language. They don't even have to code that much new code. They just have to configure a few things and transfer it over. So I think it was really just a matter of we, once you had a few people commit to Avalanche and basically stake their reputation on chain effectively, then you had this domino effect where people were like, oh, well, if you know my friend who's incredibly smart and has been in the space for a long time is deploying his, his or her dApp on 
on Avalanche, then maybe I should be doing that. So I think that's what you're, you were really seeing the last six, six to eight months um, after we launched the DeFi incentive program. I think it's kind of gone horizontal a bit because I think the DeFi appetite has, has kind of been satiated. But now we're moving on to, again, like the other segments, gaming, culture, NFTs, um, and, and whatever else is out there, I guess. Well, and I want to talk about that. One, I want, I want to mention this so, so people know. Avalanche is the, the, the L1, uh, you know, it's the L1 chain. And Avalabs, are you guys the official Avalanche project? You know, you guys are the ones who are managing this. So when you're the Avalabs guy, you are Avalanche, essentially. Yeah, so there is a separation. There is the Avalanche Foundation, and there's also Avalabs. Avalabs is the team I'm a part of. Since we're early in, in kind of stages of the, the company and also the platform, it's, it's very close in relationship. In some future state, we hope to just be one of many different profit companies that are building on top of it, just like with most, you know, kind of gotcha. Web3 projects that start, quote unquote, centralized. Is it a DAO? Is it a, no, is it, it's not a DAO, no. So, it's, it's, so Avalabs is a centralized sort of a business that's, that's working company. with, yeah, tech right. company that's working with, with Avalanche. Okay, great. So, so my experience with Avalanche so far has been with the time token, wonderland.money, yes. which the bottom fell out of that and I lost both of my ass cheeks, uh, which is great. Really excited about that. You, you uh, lost time. I did. In I Wonderland. Time. Time kept on ticking uh, out of my wallet. But, uh, and so actually it was still there. It was just worth less. But um, so that was my experience. And so I added Avalanche to my MetaMask and I connected it and went yep. through and did the whole rebase token thing, which every yep. single rebase token that I've been a part of has sucked ass so far. So that's great. Rebase is not great, uh, apparently at this point. Um, and so you guys are, so you guys, so they were working with that. There's DeFi, a lot of DeFi stuff going on on Avalanche. You mentioned some of the gaming and some of the NFT yes. stuff. So what's on the horizon and what can people expect around, you know, we're big on NFT. So we want to know about that, but we also love gaming here. Joel's a huge gamer. Um, he's a player. He plays the games. Want to know about it. So what, what does the roadmap look like and what are some of the things you guys are building out specifically around those areas? Yeah, I think the thing that I'm most excited about is so like the first few projects, I think that come to mind and, and full transparency, just for listeners, a Kerbata, I'm an investor. So just that's the disclosure there. Um, but there are plenty of different games that came and said, well, we want to escape the fees. That was the first thing. Um, and scalability issues. I think those are the two main things. And so you had really innovative projects like Kerbata, which is a earn to play um, game. There's also a few others like um, Imperium Empires. Um, also, actually, a, dis a disclosure investor for that, too. And then there's a few others like um, Heroes Chained. Uh, there's like NFT games like Chicken NFT. And so all these games started coming together and said, hey, like, this is a game that we want to launch and just get on mainnet. Whatever mainnet it may be, it happened to be Avalanche in this case. And that's what they led to. That was the last six months. Yeah, so looking forward, really mostly excited about the subnets and how these games can really scale and prove out the subnet technology that we've been prepping for, for some time. And so you're going to be seeing these different games have their customized rule sets and you're going to be able to interact with these games as if they're web two games. So it should just simply work and work very well. Um, and so I think coming up, uh, we're seeing a lot of deal flow coming through the avalanche um, circles as well. We hired someone from EA Games that's been incredibly helpful, Ed Chang. He's, he's a complete beast. 
And so he comes from the gaming world and is really trying to look at this critically, not just deploy as many games as possible. That's not going to win in this very hyper-competitive market. What's going to really win is if you find games that are simply fun. I think that's where I personally draw the line. Um, I think there are some fun games in Web3, but we all played a fair share of games in Web3. It's not nothing like the traditional gaming selection. So I think that's where that's kind of what we have to achieve. Um, to beat as a collective community. Yeah, we're waiting on Web 4. We're waiting. Web 4 games are going to be yeah, way better. Yeah, exactly. Be web so, yeah, I'm down for Web 5. Yeah, I'm, I'm really tired of the games that are chores where you got to go in, click a button, claim it if you don't. Yeah. So they're, they're getting, some of them are getting worse, like totally unfun is what they are no. They're not games and the only all. reason why like i would argue that some of these games are fun in quotes is because you're making money so if that you know that's not going to last forever that party not that strategy is not going to last forever and so again it comes back to the roots it should be fun and then if there's monetization that can happen great if not don't force it so on the um Evolab's website it says, uh, actually, avax.network is a site. Avalanche is the fastest smart contracts platform in the blockchain industry as measured by time to finality. That is a bold claim, uh, especially because, you know, we've been minting NFTs on wax for, you know, a couple of years now, and it's instant. Um, I've done transactions on Avalanche, and it doesn't seem quite as fast. So what's where's the data to... To back this yeah. up. I'm not saying it's not fast. I'm not saying it's not no. great. I'm just saying, wow, that's bold. Totally, totally, totally valid uh, counterpoint there. So I would say the main bottlenecks for Avalanche right now is the infrastructure. So you know, like your, your experience probably is with MetaMask. It's in fact usually MetaMask's API nodes that are slower than the time to finality on chain. So you could always check on like a block explorer, like the snowtrace.io is the official one for the contract chain. Um, you could also have, you could also check like avascan.info. You could always see how fast transactions are confirmed. And so that's what we're using as our measure. Um, and that's not to say that at the end of the day, you're not right. I think you're still experiencing a quote unquote slower experience than perhaps Wax. And so that's where we, we as Avalabs have identified saying, well, we just need to make sure that we are optimizing for the points that effectively the users are experienced wallets um, and anything else that's kind of on the infrastructure side. We either have to take control by creating better solutions or figuring out if there are clever entrepreneurs out there that are willing to tackle that problem. So that's kind of the stage that we're at right now. I mean, I'm looking here on snowtrace.io and I'm seeing some, cause it takes 40 transactions to confirm, right? Um, I'm seeing some of them happen in one second, some in three, some in five, uh, some in two, you know, it's, 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 it is fast. Is that not fast enough for you, Joel? Do you need instantaneously? Well, it's uh, not that. It's microseconds. I'm just questioning the messaging. You know, when you say that you are the fastest smart contract platform, in the blockchain industry, uh, I'm just, I'm challenging that. And I want to see the data is there, you know, have you tested across multiple chains? Yeah, no, that, that is that is a fair fair point. I think we, it's actually, I haven't checked in a long time. This is actually the slower side of things, I would say. Um, and I'm not entirely sure why. It could be 
maybe demand related because we're uh, recording right now that's why it's it's like you know, <laughs> yeah you know how everything of course is while i mean yeah, look, while it is super fast there's no question about that it's super fast i'm watching the transactions go through and um you know it could, it could just be marketing talk hey we're the best you know sub shop on the you know in the town <laughs> my my transactions need to be sub a second if i gotta wait a second a second and a half and i'm pissed i can't handle it Jim. well let's yeah. say you've got a million transactions and that one second is you know for you travis is gonna eat up a lot of your time that's a million seconds right there do the math oh my god so, is it not is it asynchronous are you asking in, terms of, in those transactions well it depends if you if you uh if you if you do non-contract payments you it doesn't have to be totally ordered so you could actually process them however you want but if you're doing contract uh smart contract enabled transactions then they have to come in one order obviously um but i i guess the idea it's a good point and i think it's an interesting discussion it's we're achieve, we're optimizing this platform to be sub one second it happens to be that way for a lot of the time sometimes it doesn't so i think you're going to see the probably the next year or so the platform teams working incredibly hard to make sure that that marketing line that we've come up with on my team can can ring true um so i think that's kind of the complexities of web3 it seems maybe that's what i'll chalk it up to I've got a question here on the main uh, page at avalabs.org, along with Avalanche, you've got a project here called Rival, the stock yes. market of litigation financing, buy and sell tokens that represent shares in a litigation. Explain this to me. What, the website is rival.market, R-Y-V-A-L. Yes. So... I can tell you exactly what it is. Um, I don't know exactly the exact state of the first litigation that we fundraise, but anyways, let me just give you the overview. So we've been working with two firms, Republic, which you guys may know of, um, the equity launchpad that does everything. Um, and then the uh, Roche Friedman LLP, just a, a legal firm in, based in New York, actually. And there is a firm called Apotheo. Uh, they're a hemp growing firm in California, they had all of their crops unlawfully burned by the federal government. I think it was the sheriffs or something. Oh, and man, it's totally harsh. It's my gig, man. Oh, man, all that weed burn and smoke. Crazy. So there's some other stuff that's going on over here. You guys are, are um, there's a lot of things being built on the platform. And it seems like more and more things are beginning to be built upon your ecosystem. What are some of the things that are maybe <clears throat> on the horizon that are on the way that are coming out? Because we can see a lot of these other L1 solutions. They have so many different dApps and you, it looks like you guys are just now more and more starting to proliferate on your, on your, on your platform now. Yes. Yes. So actually just kind of finishing the thought really with quickly with the ILOs, because I think that could be an interesting angle too, is really like, so kind of fast forward, basically you have two parties. One is um, the Apotheo that's suing, um, I believe, the state of California um, or some gover governing body. I can't, I can't remember exactly. Effectively, what happens in traditional um, frameworks is you'd have to have a lot of capital to basically take on that fight. ILOs, you have tokenized fundraising of those, uh, basically tokenized fundraising, just dead, uh, full stop there. And so you could effectively have any one of us as retail investors provide capital for let's say Apotheo in this case, to basically fight this claim um, in court. 
And usually the, the market of litigation fundraising is, is just limited to institutions like with most um, traditional capital markets. And so that's kind of what the technology is aiming to democratize. So everyone has access to this. Um, we've, we've launched a proof of concept with Republic. So that's kind of where the stage is at. Hopefully it's successful and we're, we're able to bring on more cases. And so that's kind of that update there. The other side of things is um, one really exciting thing that comes to mind is we're working with Open, OP3N, is that's how, how it's spelled. It's an application that leverages NFTs as membership passes. I myself um, strongly feel that utility is very important. You're going to notice that trend. But I also think that a lot of people who've been in the space also tend to agree with me or probably had that thought prior to me having it for, for what it's worth as well. So with Open, what's really interesting is Jason Ma, he's one of the co-founders. He is a prolific entrepreneur. He has a background in music and things like that. He came to us and said, hey, I want to enable these artists that are trying to get in on the space, but not just have them do PFP drops and do a, do a um, what's called the, the Pixelmon uh, <laughs> strategy effectively, but instead do something that actually works within their brand. And so they created this mobile platform that allows you to use NFTs, again, as membership passes. What that means is let's say you have a $50 NFT, you have a hundred of them, you might have access to the exclusive chat room. If you have 10 of the $10,000 NFTs, you have access, you have like per, uh, backstage passes to the artists' shows in perpetuity or something. So effectively, you as the super fan can have upside potential effectively by committing to this artist early, at least with upcoming artists. And if it's a larger fan base, then you're kind of playing in this frenzied market where you just want to be a part of that community. And so that's where if you if you and if you're listening and you go to the website you'll see a lot of these prominent artists starting to deploy so you're going to see a lot of very big artists that probably have never done anything with web3 to date but finally is willing to do so because it's more than just let's mint 10,000 versions of like Justin Bieber's or something and sell them and call it a day it's going to be a little bit more integrated into um basically uh strengthening their fan base i guess but the best way to say it. This is fascinating. So I'm looking at open world. It's op3n.world is the website there. And I'm looking at the the artist Nico in 3KO. And the NFTs are a dollar. And there are a lot of them available. So I guess a lot, a lot of people haven't uh, popped up on that one yet. But very cool. I love I love the idea of, of adding value and adding utility to the whole you know, to the whole Web3 world. If you don't have utility, you don't have anything in this. You just have a, a JPEG and that, that's not that's not as good. Right. So what are so so what else should what else should people know our, our audience? What should they know about uh, about Avalanche that they maybe don't know now that we want to make sure that we cover before we wrap this up? Yeah, I mean, I think um, maybe not so much on the application side, but something that's been super top of mind for most of us uh, the last three or four months is the avalanche summit we're we're planning to have our inaugural um devcon it's gonna be uh, a six-day event in barcelona in actually a few weeks um and so that's where we're expecting about 2500 to 3000 people come through all across the world to really come for initially the pro the first part of the programming like a traditional devcon to really learn all, all about kind of the state of Web3, honestly, it doesn't have to necessarily be Avalanche specific, but obviously will lean towards Avalanche 
for a lot of the talks. Then the second portion is really a hackathon to kind of put the icing on the cake and see what some of the, the scrappiest builders in the space can really churn out in the next two or three days of building. Um, and the idea that the, the idea that we have at Avalabs and, and even the holistic ecosystem is the bar for events in, in crypto is extremely low. Um, and I, I keep saying that over and over and over. The, 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 what I mean by that is a lot of people think it's just like a, find a bar and get alcohol and call it a day, which, you know, that works for some things, but it gets old after a certain point. So we really realize that these events are amazing because we're all kind of these, I mean, maybe speaking for myself, but a lot of Web3 enthusiasts, we're all kind of bottled up, especially with COVID and we have a lot to share and maybe a lot of us are extroverted, but also super nerdy at the same time and kind of a wild mix of a bunch of different personalities. But what's really important is to make sure that every single attendee comes and feels like they're enlightened and, and maybe enlightened is too, too strong of a word, but feels empowered and feels like they can walk away with a lot of energy. That's probably a better phrase to say it. And so... We started with Lisbon Blockchain Week. We did an event. Um, we planned it in three weeks, launched it. It ended up uh, having a queue, which was incredible. Uh, we didn't expect a line around the block to ha happen. And over the four days that we ran the event, we had about 2,500 people come through during the event. And a lot of people that came were like, wow, like Avalanche, I didn't realize you guys were doing these things. And so I think it's really about awareness. And also showing that we're not trying to be maximalists. We're really trying to better the space as a whole. Um, and I think that's kind of like the, the first step in the right direction. And so that's what we're keeping on doing with the, the event strategy. And that kind of ties into also our Formula E team. And we have a Formula E for the listeners that don't know is the electric Formula One. So electric motorsports. Avalabs. Well, there you guys go. There's a yeah. high level on what's going on with Avalanche at Avalabs. Jay, thanks for coming on the show today. Where's the best place for people to track you down and stalk you? Yeah, I mean, I think my Twitter is good, J-A-Y-K-S-17. If anyone has any DMs, I, I do check it pretty frequently. I'm happy to chat. Uh, and you, I want to say also... this. Oh, go ahead. I want to say this. Avalanche, if those who know avalanches, gravity brings avalanches down. And that's kind of the opposite of what Avalanche wants to do. You want to you want to go up and scale, and the price to go up, not come crashing down. So well, well, what's the reason why it's called Avalanche is because Avalanche consensus accelerates as it keeps going, kind of like a snowball, like it keeps okay, okay. building up. And so I'll I'll send you guys a video actually. Um, which I thought was really helpful for me when I first tried to learn the consensus protocol and maybe something to put in the show notes or something. Very good. Awesome. You're yeah. also a photographer and a music producer. Those are your, yeah. your jams yes. on the side, huh? Yes, yes, yes. So if people follow you on Twitter, they can check out your work there as well. They can check out my event photography. Uh, I used to do it in a past life. Crypto has consumed my, my free time, so not as much these days. But hey, I, I still shoot sometimes. All right, I'm looking at you right now. And to be candid, you haven't lived long enough to have a past life. Like your past life was your childhood. <laughs> I definitely look younger. I'm not terribly too old, but uh, I definitely look younger than I am. <laughs> Travis and me, on the other hand, get off my lawn. We've had three lives already in the past. Speak for yourself, you old bastard. <laughs> Alrighty. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, too. And thank you, Jay Kurahashi Sofu. Your name is long. 
but easy enough to say. And uh, we appreciate learning more about Avalanche. Really amazing that they've come on so quickly to, you know, in a year and a half or so to be in the top 10 of uh, the coin market cap. Yeah. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. And that's one of the things we're going to do now is we're going to start bringing in some of these L1 solutions that we've maybe not talked about and had people on before. So this is, uh, you know, back to back. We did that last last episode. And uh, here we are on this episode. We have Algorand and then Avalanche. And then we're going to have somebody from another A company soon. Right? We are? Who? All right, so some of the other ones that people have asked about that are uh, on the top of the charts that we still need to research is uh, Polkadot, um, mm -hmm. Near Protocol, mm -hmm. Chainlink. Um, let's see, what else do we got on here? Phantom. We've never had anybody on to uh, discuss that. I've been exploring that more myself recently. And we have talked about the internet computer and Travis and I are grateful to uh, have an advisory relationship with them. And in the not too distant future, we are going to be bringing you another episode that features specific projects on internet computer. Uh, if you didn't listen to the interview with Dominic Williams that we did a few months back, go back. ICP is some badass stuff and uh, we're pretty bullish on it. Not financial advice, just suggesting that you might want to educate yourself on it. Mm, yep. Yep. Educate yourself because, you know, a, a lot of there's, you know, in we talk about this a lot in the media and in business and in technology, there are, you know, influencers who are trying to influence certain things and in businesses that are trying to influence certain things and downgrade other things. And it's, it's almost like there's some of that's going on in the crypto world too. It's like, Hey, we're fully invested in this. We want this to win. We don't want that to win, even though that might be a better solution overall. Uh, that's not my thing. So I'm going to, we're going to make sure that that doesn't do, you know, just, it's just kind of human nature and ego and power trips and stuff. And so it's like, you got to pay attention. You always got to do your own research on stuff because, you know, what, what might, you might think it is, it, you know, might not be what's actually the case. So you got to, uh, got to, you got to be a diligent, do your due diligence and pay attention. Got a few pieces of news to share with you guys. Uh, the first one is NFT NYC is coming up in June in New York City. And Travis and I have been invited to participate. Uh, we don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet. If we're speaking or doing a show, we still need to talk to our uh, our buddy Jody Rich over there at Cred that puts on mm -hmm. the event to see how we can best serve. But we will be in New York City in June for my the third time speaking the trace time for yes. me. Yes. The today's time also on my end, I've been invited to do the closing keynote at social media marketing world yes. in San Diego this month. I will be, the event takes place the 14th through the 16th of March at the convention center. And I will be closing out the event with a talk titled web three and the future of marketing. So uh, that's going to be fun because I'm going to get to introduce, you know, NFTs, play to earn, metaverse, and some of these uh, concepts of where we're going in the future to a business marketing audience. And my yeah, goal yeah. is to blow their minds. That's great. How's that presentation coming along? Oh, it hasn't started. No, I, <laughs> I am. Uh, there's, there's, you know, two different kinds of people. It's really funny. I was talking to uh, our, our friend, Michael Stelzner, who is the publisher of socialmediaexaminer.com and the, uh, the the host, the founder of Social Media Marketing World. I think uh, you just did an interview with him as well for his uh, crypto business show. He is the ultimate um, 
analytical and strategic businessman. He is very slow and methodical, looks at everything from every angle before he makes a move. Um, you know, in his presentation, his keynote, he always does the opener. He will, he's probably done already and he's probably already rehearsed it. We'll rehearse it multiple times. That's just how he is. Whereas I will wait until the last minute because that's when it all comes together in my brain, you know? And so the last 72 hours before presentation is when I actually get serious about creating the deck and I won't rehearse it at all. I'll just get up and talk. That's just, you know, we're wired differently. There you go. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, when it comes to presentations, I'm kind of in the middle of that. It's like, I like to, I, I get some of my ideas down and I, then I have the skeleton down and then what I'll do is I'll get high a couple of times and just really optimize it. And then it's mostly done about, well, it depends. Sometimes they want it done. You know, I need to return it in a week before. So I try to get it done then, but um, it's fun. It never like happens. Anytime somebody says turn in a present, you know, can you, can we have your deck by a certain date? I just, I laugh. I say no, because yeah. it won't exist. Um, yeah. And I will probably be finalizing it up to 24 hours before the actual mm -hmm. presentation. So if you guys I can't wait to see that. I know it's going to be amazing. And um, hopefully there's, I'm sure there'll be a video of that to be seen. And uh, that's going to be, that's going to be a really great thing. Um, uh, what, one you, more, yeah, what, one more piece no, was, of news. Okay. I was going to say that is that his new podcast, crypto business. If you are interested in the business side of crypto, check out crypto business podcast. Uh, that's on all, all the shows as well. I believe you were one of the first episodes, right? On crypto um, so what he did is he interviewed me for his social media marketing podcast. And then he used that same um, in order to launch. So the crypto business podcast, he gotcha. used that okay. same interview over there, but I am going to be uh, interviewed um, later this month for an April release. And we're going to focus in particular on um, how to, uh, to, to determine what a good NFT, you know, project is to follow. So that's coming. Gotcha. Uh, and speaking of NFTs, we have a new spinoff show of sorts. Uh, once upon a time, Rachel Wolfson, our friend who writes for Forbes and Cointelegraph did a show called the nifty check or the, uh, I'm sorry, the crypto check. And uh, Rachel has moved on and is busy doing some other things. So she ceased doing that podcast. Well, that podcast has been taken over by our own producer, uh, Aaron Sell, who goes by Mint E Sell, and her friend, Jen FT. And the two of them are now hosting the Nifty Chicks, focusing on women um, in NFTs. So they're featuring NFT projects created by women, led by women, featuring women, appealing to women. And uh, it's great. They've carved out a niche for themselves that I think is a real important one. And if you go to the niftychicks.io, you can go see their cute little faces on there. They've got a nice little drawing of them and logo and go subscribe and listen to their show on uh, iTunes, Google, Spotify, all of the places. And go support them, go review them, and encourage women in the space because we need mo of them. So I identify as the woman. I'm Travinus, and I can be on the show. No, You're Travinus with a penis. I'm Travinus with a penis. I just identify as a woman whenever the man's bathroom is full and the woman's bathroom is empty. Yes, that's what I identify. As My pronouns are shut up and <laughs> WTF. And Zer, it's Sir, Zer, and her, and Sam, and hey. Hey! Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure that you review, subscribe, ring bells, and do whatever else it is that uh, makes you happy. We'll catch you on the next episode. Until then, stay back.
Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. My pronouns are him, her, their, him, and hey! <laughs> <laughs>